1: It's been a season premiere on SmackDown. It's a brand new SmackDown, slightly different from the previous weeks. The main thing being there's a Roman Reigns here now. There's a Nick Aldis here now. And there's even a Jade Cargill. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Sae Niangi on Sat a Day. Sat so E Day. Sat-E, did I just say Sat-E? Yeah, who's, who, what's, what's, what's a Saturday? Sat-E day. That, that works much better. Welcome to the WWE Smackdown Talk Podcast review episode. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button, give us a subscribe, and leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode while we discuss all the things that have been... Revamped, I would say. So WWE do this on a yearly basis. Weirdly, never have a season finale. Uh, It's just a show that's perpetually premiering
2: again. A running cycle.
1: Yeah, it's like how they do anniversary shows. uh, The
2: year before that anniversary show is technically valid. Is is a Vinceism? Maybe I don't Mm. know. Oh, he's not around anymore allegedly no listen because I, 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 I tend to do the news and what I say one thing one week and the next week I'm like oh, oh forget what I said last week <laughs> here's this week's news allegedly this is happening now but so yeah I'm, I'm taking a pinch of salt if from two years from now uh, Paul Levesque is still running things creatively mm. then yeah I'll, I'll, I'll believe it but right now I'm not WrestleMania's yeah. coming again you know what happens WrestleMania happens hey power I've got one thing I want to say I want to change some things I want to change some things you know Women Reigns retains at WrestleMania 40. <laughs>
1: Let him take a stunner as well. Oh, I like, almost... get Get in the ring.
2: And, he, and his moustache falls off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I of all the things, of all the big changes, I would say the biggest here mm-hmm. was the one that was presented the least ceremoniously, which is... here's Adam Pearce, he's been working for a long time. I'm Triple H, by the way, I'm I'm just making an appearance. Hey, everyone like that. Oh, Dominic Mysterio, everyone's booing him. This is a fun segment. Oh, yeah, by the way, Nick Aldis is now the general manager of SmackDown. And he just walks in. He was just standing at ringside with a cameraman. Yeah. Just walks in the ring. He's like, hey, I'm going to run this place now. Wearing a nice suit. Kind of a John Cena suit.
2: You, no, you think? You think. You you mean the one he used to wear when he was a full timer? That kind of suit. Because he, yeah. he always had a blue suit, right? In the Hall of Fame and stuff. He used to, had that one suit he wears all the time. But and for sort of movie junket interviews as well. Mm. The Dick
1: Tracy suit. The Dick Tracy suit. Mm. Yeah, so what well, what well, I mean, what's your take? Are you
2: happy that Aldis is in? I'm a huge Nick Aldis fan. I never knew that to today. Mm. I never knew it, and then the way the way you're like Nick Aldis, has got a big fight feeling. I was like, wow, you're 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 a huge fan. That like,
1: NWA title run was was brilliant. Fantastic. I like I like Nick Aldis going back to when he was like, what was it? Yeah, but before Magnus, Bruce when Ma- days, when say- they relaunched Gladiators was when I was at university, was you- it was Oblivion. Nice memory. Yeah.
2: Yes, so you 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 go way back. Yeah, yeah, I'm did OG you, Nick Aldis. Did you uh, collect the action figure as well? Because he's got an action figure as Oblivious. Someone brought it up on Twitter recently. Oblivious,
1: <laughs> Oblivion.
2: So I was saying because last week uh, I was talking about the WrestleMania tag match and I said uh, Braun Breaker instead of Braun Strowman, and mm-hmm. in, in the comment I pointed out how I never corrected myself, as in I completely forgot who's in that match. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Nick Aldis, I am a fan. Mm. I, I am a fan. His title reign was incredible. I'm worried that he, he's been living in America. For too long so his accent is quite affected I don't know <laughs> you, you say certain words you're like bless him you've got yeah. an American wife aren't you and, got, and your child's mid-Atlantic at best um, I feel like him being a general manager on Smackdown is Triple H's way of slowly introducing him without any heavy duty pressure because rumor and innuendo is Uh, Nick Aldis has some detractors who are not sure on him. Mm. And, and, you know, some people that didn't watch NWA Power, because I watched NWA Power during the pandemics and post-pandemic. And I know what Nick Aldis can offer. Uh, Even Magnus, when he got better, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, He's a great champion in Impact. He, he was fine, but it's like he never fulfilled his full potential mm. because there was like the backstage shakeups going on. So that kind of affected his title run as well. AJ was leaving. So yeah. he, he didn't have that much credible opponent. So Joe was sometime in and out. So I feel like the, his title ring came up during the time when uh, Impact was very unstable. So that's why his NWA title run is kind of like redeeming him of, of sorts. So for me, he's, he's a fantastic talker, great wrestler, carries himself very much like an old school kind of heel that you don't get that much anymore. Mm. But I know how Triple H is thinking. It's like, okay, if I introduce him as a general manager, it takes off, off the pressure. That's why there's no music, no title trump because yeah. he would have got the anti-pop Nick Otis. And then, then you got fans Mommy, daddy Who's Nick ah, like, uh, uh, He kind of looks like Magnus But I don't know if it's, it is Magnus Because not a lot of people Watch NWA unfortunately So by introducing him As a general manager You get the crowd Warming up to him Get to know him mm. Getting over And eventually If he turns heel Might wrestle Kevin Owens Maybe Because he seems like A kind of guy That might rub off uh, Kevin Owens down the line
1: Oh do you think This is going to be A, a heel a heel uh, authority figure,
2: not in the beginning. I feel like because I feel like we're burnt out from the Vince McMahon, Definitely. Eric Bischoff esque uh, heel general managers. That's why for me, Adam Pierce was refreshing because I grew up during the days of Jack Tunney. <laughs> When you've got a neutral uh, authority figure who's not by himself, he's about the matches and he leaves. Mm. So that's why I didn't mind, mind Adam Pearce, because Adam Pearce didn't make the show by himself. It's about the wrestlers. Yes, yeah, sometimes he made some uh, oddball decisions that didn't match up with the energy he had with other wrestlers. But I appreciate the fact that he's there for the matches and he leaves. He doesn't linger. So, uh, but Nick Oldis is 35 years old, I think, 35, 36 it's years mad, old. isn't it? Because
1: mm. he feels like he should be mid-40s, but he started so young.
2: Mm-hmm. It's the same age as me. Is he? Yeah, if no. he's 35. No, 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 I'm wrong. I think because he's born in 1986. so, okay, so he's only 36. 37. Yeah, 36, 37, around Still. that time. But he's a year younger than Roman Reigns, a year younger than Drew McIntyre, mm. a year younger than Jay Uso, same age as Cody Rhodes. He's in fantastic condition. And I hate the fact that we're going to be wasting him just in a suit. So I'm hoping, this is my take on it, I think is a slow introduction to an on-screen character that will be, Potentially wrestle eventually.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I totally agree. The uh, uh, having him come in immediately as a babyface because the way they they played it out was Dominic Mysterio came down and interrupted this announcement, so everyone's burned Dominic Mysterio, and then they announced Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis walks in, and his first introduction to the WWE universe was, "Oh, um, very nice to meet you, Dominic. I'm a big fan of your dad." You and, uh, know, and the crowd were like, "Hang about." That's a bit funny, isn't it? Who is this guy?
2: Exactly. And
1: then he got lots of moments to shine, mm-hmm. um, where he then announced that Kevin Owens was coming to SmackDown. And then, well, giving Charlotte Flair a title match isn't anything new. But that fed directly into the Jade Cargill cameo mm-hmm. and the Jade Cargill-Charlotte Flair standoff backstage. So, yeah, I... I feel like the way they'll be going with this, because I do think wrestling in general is burnt out from heel authority figures. Mm -hmm. And I think Triple H said this in my review earlier, is going out of his way to make WWE a babyface promotion makes sense when you're in a war, because you you want to at least present yourself, storyline-wise, as the management has a, a sort of goodness about it, whereas... That that lets the main heels be your wrestlers. That's smart business for me because we've had 20 years of well, ultimately, whoever's in charge, whether it's Mick Foley or Brian Danielson or Stephanie McMahon, it will end with Vince McMahon or a proxy coming back and saying, "You're rubbish. We're replacing you," because in, in a very like sort of toxic kayfabe way.
2: What I was, was going to say is, do you think Nick Oldis is going to... This is going to be his role throughout his duration in WWE? Or oh, do you think... Because it's kind of like... it's not like the, For me, it's like it's even coincidence that the moment we find out allegedly that Vince has no booking power at the mm. moment, to really like, Nick Oldis, now's your time. Come, 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 Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. in, in his mind, it's kind of like, Vince is not going to let you wrestle. But wait, wait, you you say he's a producer. Why is he not producing? Why is yeah. he wrestling? You'd be like, Finley's a producer and he wrestled. I think it's like to let... Any detractors know, hey, this is the guy that we're investing in. Mm-hmm. You may not have watched his stuff, but he's a good talker. He's interacting with a wrestler. He comes across as a big deal. And eventually he's hoping that gets over. And then he can transition into a wrestler, possibly. Because it's, it's a weird comparison. But Luther Reigns once started off as an assistant to general manager Kurt Angle. And then he ended up being a wrestler in the yeah. end.
1: Well, I think it's, it's a really satisfying story that WWE, to my knowledge, I haven't told for quite some time. I used to love... Um, when Jerry Lawler, for instance, back in the early noughties would go, "Yep, okay, here's my one match a year that I'm gonna have," in and it's it's a lot more investing because you're like, "Well, this isn't a wrestler; he's going against well, an active wrestler, and he's going against a full-time wrestler." Yeah, really good story from an underdog babyface thing. So yeah, I I hope I'm hoping mm-hmm. that Nick Aldis gets four to six months of this role, but all the time they're teasing oh, he's this this one heel is really, really rubbing in the wrong way. You know, like, it, I don't want it to be this, but a Grayson Waller. I think your idea of a uh, heel
2: Kevin Owens, which... No, I, I thought I thought that Nick Oldis is going to tell oh, yeah, eventually because yeah. he's at his best as a heel. As much as he, he's, he plays a very diplomatic baby face, but we live in a jaded society yeah, yeah. that gravitate towards rebels.
1: <laughs> well, I agree. Yeah, he is much better as a heel mm. by just... I personally am over, and I think most most of wrestling fandoms over out. heel authority figures. So for for now, he can be a face, and then yeah, it's that slow transition into becoming a wrestler, and then he's a special attraction four or five times a year gets a big program. Because I, I just I go back to all in, and mm-hmm. he had that excellent NWA match with Cody Rhodes. Well, well the thing is, mm-hmm. it's not a crazy good in ring match. Like there's a weird spot where Brandy Rhodes just comes in and. Didn't she get, like, elbow dropped by Nick Aldis? You know, it's classic Cody overbooking. Oh, my God, the presentation, the big fight feel when Cody comes out and he's got his, like, whole training uh, group with him and DDPs there and Tommy Dreamer. Glacier. Yeah, and and Nick Aldis comes out and he's got, like, his own entourage. That, to me, Mm -hmm. is... Such a Triple H mindset when he was producing NXT and those big shows. Mm-hmm. So having like that coat, I bet Triple H watched that all in match, man. Man, I hate all this indie bollocks that the the Bucks are doing. But Cody versus Nick Aldis is my favorite thing on this pay for you. And now they're all in the same company together. Yeah. So yeah, like Cody wins. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Why not? Cody Rhodes wins the belt at Mania. Yes. Who's your first opponent? it's a heel turning Nick Aldis who's also the authority figure on See? SmackDown.
2: There you go. See? You booked it well. Yeah. You are giving time for fans to get uh, invested in him and mm. then he turns out to be a sneaky conniving, you know what? And then you got Cody Rhodes who's trying to save the day. That's it, a great th- great feud into SummerSlam. Yeah, um, fingers crossed cuz he's been wasted like it's it's quite hard because he done everything he can do in NWA for for those people that followed his career in NWA. He's done everything he can do. He's part of the booking team, you know. He you know, he He's just He's rinsed out Every program He can have In NWA He went back to Impact But unfortunately As much as Impact Is like a rehab island For certain wrestlers He's done everything he can do there. It, it's mm. kind of it's kind of like going backwards. And you know, in the back of his mind, he probably grew up as a WWE fan, yeah. and he's always like, "What if you know I'm in the prime of my career? You know, uh, my in-ring skills where it should be, my promo skills where it should be, my presentation is key. What's missing? Because I even heard like Bruce Pritchard mention a sp- a certain reasons why, mm. you know, made-up reasons or whatever. So f- to see him now. For people that have never seen him, because you get social media, some people that, that got propaganda against certain wrestlers say something, and if you've never seen him, you're like, yeah, 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 he's rubbish, or yeah, yeah, he's boring, you'll see him, and you'll be like, okay, you know what? he got something to offer. He can wrestle even better. Mm. Let's go with it. And his wife is Mickey James. Mickey <laughs> James might come back.
1: Oh, yeah, night. that's one of the, the reports. Might not happen. Seems, you know, because he's obviously come in as a solo person. But yeah, Mickey James always had that. Uh, an on-off relationship with WWE. She was tweeting Now it's a lot. new regime.
2: She was tweeting a lot last yeah. night. She was so happy for her, her husband. She was like tweeting a lot. And I was like, this, you're going to have some good time in your household tonight because your wife is very happy for you being in the WWE. Like she's very, very happy for him because you can tell like she's probably wanted it for him when yeah. she went back there and then he nearly went there and then there's so many things are going on, but I'm just so happy that he's finally getting the opportunity. But again, we can't stress the fact that he's a year younger than most of the main eventers. Mm. Please invest in Nick Aldis. You can't be like, oh, we need more talent. He's there. He's in the suit. Just make him wrestle.
1: Gosh, do you know? Um, me and Luke were doing a, a wrestle talk extra podcast for Patreon, and it was a TNA show that British Invasion run. Love them, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, Nick Aldis was was Magnus back then. And I'm looking at Magnus. I'm like, your hair is further back here. About 12 years ago, than it is right now. So I just, I just, you know, did the Google. Nick Aldis hair transplant. It's no secret. Him and Mickey James are doing a testimonial on YouTube for a hair transplant clinic where it had, where it was done. And it's such a weird video because Aldis is. It's the way I remember they, because they asked me to do the same thing when I have mine. And it's like the the day of, and you're crap in your pants. So it's like Nick Aldis there. He looks so stressed. And Mickey's going, yeah, he's always wanted to do this. (coughs) It's such a
2: weird video. Wait, Nick always had a hair transplant? I'm Well,
1: yeah. um, Yeah, I'm as confident as I can be because he's on the video. You guys do have
2: a similar hairstyle now that I look at it. Mm, no wonder you like him he's a mirror image of you is that the way it is oh yeah we've got the exact same build I mean when you you look I mean for those of you who don't know my break kayfabe this guy just came from the gym this gym (laughs) bunny over here he was looking in the mirror goes who's this yeah Nick Oldis you want to be me baby yeah yeah that's that's what most
1: professional wrestlers think of when they look at Ollie Davis on the YouTube.
2: Well, you do have... And that's a body. You and Nicole just have the same... The same... Yeah.
1: I wish I could get muscle transplants
2: then. You don't need muscle transplant. You just... Take some and just put them... Stick some muscles on me. Dude, you don't need to do that. You've, You've got what it takes to be the size you want to be. Thanks, Sam. Yes.
1: Should we go through the whole episode, this season not? premiere? Uh, it started off with John Cena coming down to the ring. Bab, bab, bab. And then he was interrupted right away by the return of Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been watching SmackDown every week, particularly not the last three weeks because I was on holiday. But, like, it feels so much better when Roman's there. Is that
2: true? 110%. When he's not <laughs> dead, they're grasping at straws. That's why Jimmy's back in the bloodline. Because I've yeah. saying it for weeks that as much as Jimmy Uso turning on Roman and going back to the bloodline doesn't make sense, I prefer Jimmy being in the bloodline because the bloodline will be just Paul Heyman and Solo Sokoa. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Solo Sokoa's character is a silent assassin. The more you make him talk, he loses mystique. So he needs someone that Paul talks to. Yeah, <laughs> And that's Jimmy. As much as Jimmy turning doesn't make sense, they're still trying to find out who Jimmy is. So Jimmy turned out to be he's too big for his boots. He's Joe Pecci in the mm, mm. Goodfellas a Casino kind of character. So um, you, I don't know if you watched Fast Lane, but Paul Heyman was fully gray in Fast Lane.
1: Oh, I read that his hair was different. Yeah, it, but his hair looked back to normal here when Roman's. A little bit like that.
2: Exactly. Have you listened to the Heyman interview with Rick Rubin? I did. Oh, what a podcast. It was, but at the same time, no offense. I love Paul Heyman, but I have my feel Paul Heyman after 45 minutes because he goes into (laughs) Paul Heyman spiel. And you're kind of like, Paul Heyman has that element. When you talk, you're like... Trying to sell me something I don't want to buy, yeah. and you're telling me something I don't know if it's 100% true. The, the Before certain... you
1: know it, you've invested in a new uh, yeah, like he
2: does, I don't know, it's because I grew up listening to him, and I know that he has an element of a salesman. Pitch. He's got a pattern, yeah, yes, that yes.
1: yes. I thought that podcast, though, he was that was the most shoot.
2: Real. Oh yeah, in her. terms of his background, his family background, mm. and what that—that was new yeah, for me. Yeah. I never knew, really knew that. But it's also incredible about his close friendship with Brock Lesnar mm. and how they had they, they both were their partners were pregnant at the same time. Yeah. They bonded over that. So yeah, check it out. Uh, Rick Rubin's got a podcast, but it's got a complicated names. so not have to look it up yeah. in order to pitch it. But putting Rick Rubin, uh, Paul Heyman on Google, you'll find the, the podcast and wherever you get your podcast from. Uh,
1: you were I I sort of cut you off. You were talking about Jimmy and Roman.
2: Did you really cut me off? No, no. You, you'd, you'd wrapped up. Uh, I, listen, I wrapped up. Roman Reigns, you because you asked me the question. Yeah. The question was, is it better Roman Reigns around? The answer yeah. is yes.
1: <laughs> it's, it's better with him around, yeah. It's mad, isn't it, like how much they drop the ball on this whole storyline when the main character isn't there? Which, which is obvious. If you take the main character out of most things, it doesn't tick along with the same momentum. But after Mania, Roman's off. That's probably the worst bit. Of the modern era of the Bloodline
2: story. And then right after SummerSlam, Romans off. Well, to argue, because the last time me and you did a show mm. was actually last year, probably near or around winter time. Yeah. So the last time you we were here, these were the three things going on. You had the Bloodline, you had Bray Wyatt, and LA Knight. Yeah. You had Gunther. So you had three things. You had Gunter's title mm. reign, you had uh, uh, LA Knight and Bray Wyatt yeah, feud, and yeah. you had the Bloodline. At least you had three things going for you. What happened was, is, Gunter went to Raw. Bray White disappeared and unfortunately passed away. Mm. And all we had was the bloodline and storyline. So when you take out Roman Reigns, what do we have? Nothing. We got the Charlotte stuff going on, which is not completely hitting because yeah. most of the women's division are missing and some are being miscasted and you got Bailey losing a lot. So the issue is, is they don't have that much layers like mm. they had when the last time you, you hosted the show with me. If they have layers, for example, if Roman went, you'd be like, it's fine, we got Bray stuff going on, yeah, we've got Gunther. Yeah. But what happened was we lost all three and what we we're left with was like the bare bones and poor heyman talking to his phone every five seconds Mm -hmm. so it wasn't the most riveting of uh you know television to watch it's interesting
1: you bring that up because i was thinking about the last time we did a show together Mm -hmm. in this segment because what happens bloodline come out they have a back and forth with john cena john cena's like i'm not gonna challenge for it do you think they they will have a, a match cena and roman
2: um, if the actor strike is still going, sure. Yeah. Well, it took us a step back this week, didn't it? So. Yeah, because we've seen it. Because, no offence, uh, until recently, John Cena was on a massive uh, PLE losing streak. So um, mm. <laughs> we know that Cena's not going to win that big title anytime soon or probably ever, it would be a waste of a match because it, it kind of feeds into the narrative of Roman should have lost that meaning, which I do agree. It's mm. just like you're retreating on old things. Even to the point when later we talk about the shocking trade from Smackdown, it, they're retreating old things yeah. which you already have done. Because me and you, we talk about narratives. We, we both love films. One of the big no-nos is when you're retreating old patterns that you've done before. That's a sign of creative bankruptcy. Mm.
1: Well the well yeah, so Cena Reigns and then Cena says, Well, I know someone who has earned a shot at it there. And LA Knight comes out to a huge pop and I thought it was this wonderful shot where LA Knight is looking right at Roman Reigns and the camera guy or, or gal, thumbs up. He or they. Why not? why am I Camera person? In, why the am I putting an agenda on this camera? The camera person. <laughs> let's just help. The camera person. The camera person. Has this shot Where it's of LA Knight's face mm-hmm. But he's got the big circle mirror glasses on mm-hmm. And you can just see these two Roman Reigns heads Directly in there I'm Like that's cinema right there That's a shot that David Fincher would do 50 times to get right
2: I, yeah, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a movie <laughs> reference. I, I do agree. The, the, shots, uh, the shot was great, especially uh LA Night, especially in his promo. What mm. I loved is he was very invigorated. He's done something that he hasn't done in a while, which is engage with the crowd saying, yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like it's been a while since he started doing yeah in his promos it's kind of like the crowd say yeah and he says yeah once but it's kind of like he's getting amped up yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then that's what I want the momentum yeah. as you were cutting the promo and he did not seem out of place in that ring yeah. and John Cena was the world's biggest cheerleader in the background you see him in the background just jumping for joy yay <laughs> your promo's great Go on, man. I believe in you. And then Roman Reigns is like not amused at all. Mm. But I'm a bit shocked that um, Roman Reigns and LA Knight's next. Because I assumed uh, initially that it would be AJ Styles and Roman Reigns a Crown Mm. Jewel. And it will save Roman Reigns and LA Knight for the Royal Rumble. Because uh, LA Knight is someone I can see the crowd wanting to win the Rumble. Mm. And you don't want the Rumble to be hijacked. So you do the strategic of putting him in the main event and don't put him in the Rumble. Because you might want Cody or Gunter to win Mm. the Rumble. That was my ideology.
1: But when I was thinking about when we last did a show, Mm -hmm. I remember we were both sitting here Mm -hmm. and we were talking about how much we're enjoying the Bray Wyatt uh, LA Knight You're only two. Yeah, we were the only two. And you said, oh, yeah, because LA Knight is the high school jock who is sort of in the horror movie who's saying, oh, it's all okay, but actually they're a bit scared. I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly what he's doing. He's performing it to perfection. And then, like, little did I know, he would come off way better by the end of that whole feud than Bray. And now look at him. No. that was that
2: was last November that was last November because no because what I said was he is oblivious because he he doesn't know that he's in danger yeah. so he wasn't a coward mm. what would have ruined it for him if he was a coward if he did the whole thing here's my bodyguard here's my car it would have been like a comedy heel stick and it would have looked corny because WWE can't do comedy yeah, yeah. every time WWE do comedy it comes because very forced and contrived <laughs> and fans turn against it but with LA Knight he was trash talking dressed up as Bray Wyatt so he did everything that was cool it kind of reminded me of like when Stone Cold feuded with Bret Hart in like, he was doing everything kills don't do he was brave in your face Mm -hmm. cutting scathing promos and he backed it up and then I backed it up because he did not uh, back down from um, Bray Wyatt so for me when he came out uh, great with it. I was like, yeah, why not? Because he stood up for himself and a lot of complaints was he's a new character. Well, we're putting a new character with Bray Wyatt. I'm like, I'm so confused. You're putting a main eventer in Bray Wyatt, a former world champion against a new character, mm. given a chance to get over It's like single swim and he swam.
1: Yeah, definitely. And he's getting the benefits now. Like that, that is a sharp rise up the card. Uh, so well done WWE for actually going with momentum. Cause you know, if Vince was still in charge here fully, that L.A. Knight would get the sort of Zack Ryder treatment
2: and just get pushed back down the car. Max Dupree or Future Endeavor yeah. from the rumors. Yeah, yeah, heard. yeah, mm. exactly.
1: So this segment was really good. L.A. Knight was absolute fire, and Roman made him feel big as well, and like you said, Cena. Uh, Jimmy Uso tries to jump L.A. Knight at one point, but Knight just like swatted away. J- Jimmy is, uh, I'm not I'm not really enjoying Jimmy's
2: whole no? shtick. In the beginning I wasn't because they, did, they didn't know what they wanted him to be until they mm. figured out his thing is he thinks he's the tribal chief. I was like, yeah, sure, let's go with that. let us He's too big for his boots. He can't for, uh, survive by himself without his twin brother in the bloodline. He's that person that he's always attached to many things mm. so he doesn't know who he is as a person so he latches onto many different personalities mm. of people around him. Yeah, it's... it's- I get it on paper. I, mm. d- I don't enjoy it and practice it. Fair enough. It's true. Because if we're meant to do the feud between Jay and, and Jimmy, Jimmy needs to be a big threat. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Uh,
1: but Solo Sokoa, who is a big threat,
2: challenge night for the
1: main event. After that, we got Pretty Deadly taking on the Brawling Brutes. I love Pretty Deadly. And yes, boy! They- <laughs> and they Their entrance just started with, uh, what was it, like a voiceover? Putting over Elton Prince's recovery from the, his injury comes out in the wheelchair, he stands up, they've got Elton Strong shirts, which is a bit weird with the considering the neck strong Roderick Strong stuff. It's a Quinkidini. Uh and they had like a had just a normal match with I thought a very, very fun through line of Elton saying, like, put do these little spots showing how strong and resilient he is and then he fakes an injury the refs concerned and that allowed uh i can't remember the other guy's name ridge uh, the fridge no um kit oh kit yeah yeah kit wilson kit wilson that's it uh he he interfered let elton get the the roll up on ridge he did have a good hot tag as well so good good match what it was
2: Brawling Brutes, man. Brawling Brutes. There's a reason why Seamus is taking a break. It's just... Brawling Brutes, unfortunately, they're, they're a casualty of uh, Imperium leaving. They're a casualty of um, Pretty Deadly taking that time off as well because they had... They've been doing nothing. They've been mm. spinning the wheels. They've not been eating. It's a continuation of where they left off with of Pretty Deadly, which is losing via uh, nefarious methods that Pretty Deadly's been using mm. to beat them. And you look at someone like Ridge who's improved massively as a wrestler and you're like... This team's not really going anywhere because they also casualties of the tag titles under one tag team. Yeah. Had they split the tag titles up, you've got many tag teams fighting for many different titles. But I feel like the Brawling Brutes hasn't, haven't been as hot as they were during the earlier parts of the year. And you look at someone like Butch, a.k.a. Pete Dunne, you're like, they should be doing more with him. Rich Holland's improved as an in-ring performer. Either do more with them as a team or break them up. Because I mm. feel like it, 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 it de- the team has become a detriment to both guys.
1: I'm surprised Triple H and William Regal haven't done that already. Because they, they love Pete Dunne. And they've still got him there as the Butch name. I reckon before the end of the year, he'll be Pete. I think,
2: I think the, the pieces are falling into place with Nick Oldis now appearing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that whatever vision Triple H had that was stored, that was on pause. It, for example, I feel like Karrion Cross is a victim of whatever oh, weird yeah. backstage thing between Vince and Triple H. I think they had a compromise. It's like, I have this, you have that. Mm-hmm. So I think people like Nick Oldis not appearing, uh, you're gonna see Pete Dunne eventually. I feel like now that if, if it's true, mm. cause it's quite hard cause we heard like Vince retired and then he came back and then Vince's hand off, then WrestleMania came. You know, there's so many conflicting yeah. notions. So I can't be like, yeah, this is a fact cause Endeavor said so, Endeavor said, Endeavor said, I have to see it, I'm gonna give it to December and I'm going text you I'm like, okay, I believe it. No, after WrestleMania, then I'll be like, I believe it. Well. Wow. What the easiest way to do
1: is, whenever there's anything bad, say, "Well, that wasn't Triple H." Obviously, no, it's
2: Triple H because he he that's, takes blame for Vince. it. No, 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 I'm not gonna be that guy either. I'm not gonna be. Sp three taught me a lot. I'm not gonna be that guy because he goes, "No, it's on me. It's on me." Okay, it's on you. So when things are rubbish, it's on Triple H. When things are great, it's on Triple H. When things are rubbish again, it's on Triple H. Until we hear anything different from Triple H's mouth and Vince McMahon's mouth is on Triple H. He takes the blame for it. It's kind of like you're the boss. Whenever things go crap, you be like. I'm the boss. I did, you know, okay this. Unless you're telling me something different, I'm going to blame you. Yeah, I'm sure he says that publicly and then
1: feeds some stories about Vince making changes <laughs> behind the scenes. So Carlito is uh, backstage after his return at Fastlane and he uh, he's about to eat his apple, spit in the face of someone uh, because they're not cool. And Bobby Lashley shows up. They have a sort of good natured joshing, I would say. And then the street profits jump Carlito, continuing that
2: feud. Um, So we've been seeing a slow heel turn of the Street Profits, but they still have their theme song and they still got the same shtick as before. So it hasn't been like a quick, they changed the outfits, wearing suits, but they still got the old personality. So the whole thing is uh, Bobby Lashley is basically a bad influence turning them heel, but I want it to happen quicker now because the beginning part I understood, okay, it's a slow turn, but I'm like, after the tag team match, it's obvious that Bobby Lash is a heel. Street Profits, you're doing heelish things. Let's just complete the heel turn. New music, new demeanor. Because it's kind of like, we see the backstage attack, the next week they're going to be jumping and dancing. Mm. And I'm like, come on guys, just be brooding mm. heels or something I don't know it, it, it feels like they got one foot in one foot out so I'm not 100% uh, impressed with what I've been seeing because they had their first uh, tag match as a team and they lost yeah. and then it's quite confusing because they're putting themselves in a situation where you got a returning Carlito who can't lose because he's returning but you got this new group that you want to get over it's kind of like if the Shield I use the Shield as an example Shield on their first match as a six man and they lose all momentum's gone mm. so for me it's kind of like be careful how you're booking them because you only get one first impression and one second chance because after one second chance you blew it the third one you'd be like i can't trust yeah. you you already you already got my hopes up and you dashed it and carlito had a crap theme song death rebel that's not nice he came back he had a crap song use his classic song use his classic mm. one don't give him any crappy songs because when he came out it was like what the f mm. is he using
1: uh, lwo are sort of helping carlito after the break and Selena Vega's there, of course, and then Bailey is trying to say to Adam Pearce, "I want a title celebration thing." This is before Nicholas was introduced, obviously, and uh, Pearce is like, "Go away! A man's dead here!" And Selena Vega and Bailey have a match afterwards, and it was pretty much just a very quick match. know Sky did a bit of interference, but Vega fought her off. But then Bailey got the win. They go to beat her down afterwards, and Charlotte Flair. Has a, a trot, a casual trot down Baywatch style. Yeah, yeah. She was doing slow mo in real life uh,
2: because I don't. She she doesn't care anymore. It feels like you. You think in real life. You're saying all the character.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because surely
2: the character cares. You're saying it, it what's written on paper, is not coming across yeah, right on the yeah. screen, right? It's like what's the character motivation? that doesn't match with the performance. Yes. That's what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ronda Rousey syndrome. Ooh, if we're getting to Ronda Rousey territory. Mm. Then that's that's quite bad. I I hope so because it, it's quite hard. Because I, I when it comes to Charlotte Flair, I I always do a, a a a disclaimer that I do not blame any of the booking on her, even though she mm. has enough equity to say no to some things, but it's the booking, it's how they book her. But because when you look at the four horsewomen, they all somehow evolved as characters, and then at one point, it seemed like she was heading that trajectory where she, where she called herself the opportunity last year. I was like, that's a bit different when she was dressing up as um, Disney mm. villains. I like It was a change. She wasn't dressing in her dad's old robes anymore. It, it, it seemed like she finally had a motivation for her change. But the issue is they keep putting her in title feuds. And we don't know what uh, Charlotte Flair is like outside of title feuds. Mm. Uh, we would like to see a, a change in the personality because in, in, in the years she's been in WWE, she's been one character and it gets a bit stale after a while but it's not her fault because that's how she books her but like i said she's got enough equity where she can go I don't want that can I change this can we do this because she's not a good baby face at all she comes across very condescending and cutting and mm-hmm. she puts people down so you can't really cheer for that so she's better as a heel but if I make her a babyface do something different that endears her to people which is keep away from the title and give her different feuds and to elevate the division so it's it, yeah it's a hard one when it comes to Charlotte Flair I feel like it's a very delicate subject because you don't want to put all the blame on the performer but at the same time it's like what are we doing here? It's yeah. the same thing. We're always dreading her having title opportunities because she's yeah. in there all the time. It's like every month, I'm like, every time I turn around, who's Charlotte at wrestling this time. Whoever's champion, my goodness.
1: When I did my fast lane predictions mm-hmm. while I was on holiday mm-hmm. on Wrestle League, uh, I, I predicted the card. I was like, I've not predicted any title changes. So I usually try and predict a title change. So mm-hmm. I look, okay, well, what's the most likely one? I see the women's triple threat, I see Charlotte's in it. Yeah, that's happening. That's how, that's how overdone Charlotte Flair title opportunities and wins are. Um, but yeah, she made the save for uh, Zelina Vega. And then later on in the backstage bit that we've talked about, um, Nick Aldis said she'll be getting a title match next week against Dio Sky because of the fast lane shenanigans. And then she turns around into Jade Cargill for what was actually a great stare down.
2: It's one of those tense moments. It's because uh, Jade Cargill's 5'10", and Charlotte Flair's 5'10", as well. So you're looking at two statuesque Mm. women staring at each other. So it's like the star power is oozing Mm. in that exchange. And I was like, oh, this could be a potential WrestleMania match. Because initially, we were all rooting or hoping for a Bianca Belair-Charlotte Flair match, which I wouldn't mind still happening. But at the same time, I wouldn't mind Jade Cargill versus Charlotte Flair but then again, people are actually campaigning that Jade Cargill squashes Charlotte Flair a la Brock Lesnar, John Cena. Oh my God, that would be awesome. Yeah, just just pump, kick uh, and jaded, one, two, three. Well, I feel like this show in particular as a
1: season premiere, mm-hmm. it felt like, for, for the first time in, in a couple of months really on WWE TV programming, that it's the start of the road to WrestleMania like the long way to, mm-hmm. to WrestleMania. Usually that starts in Survivor Series, but, you know, that's that's a month and a bit away. So maybe this, yeah, maybe the Jade Charlotte bit here is a setup for the program that concludes at WrestleMania. If you go the squash
2: route, Survivor Series, do, do less than a Goldberg? Yeah. Yeah, Jade Cargill's first match against Charlotte Flair, because that'd be a great way, because... Again, because I'm always on social media. This man is not. He retired from social media. (laughs) So Jade Cargo's first appearance was actually at the recent NXT No Mercy Mm PLE. So some people are complaining. Well, her first appearance is coming out of the car at PLE and is on the pre-show as well. <laughs> she didn't she wasn't on the main roster. So people are complaining. But now we've had her official on-screen appearance. It makes sense to, to announce that her first match at Survivor Series is, is against Charlotte. Let's just say Charlotte doesn't win because Jade Cargill interferes maybe. Who knows? Mm. And then you set up Survivor Series. And then my hope is actually that Bianca Belair and Jade Cargill becomes an alliance. And it's to run mm. roughshod rough shot on the tag division and win the tag titles and then just become this big badass team that probably break up by WrestleMania or SummerSlam. Yeah, because Jade versus Bianca is a bit of a dream match as well. I, I think you should save it. I think have yeah. them as a, as a, as a duo because that's something you haven't seen before and it's something you wouldn't expect because you yeah. look at Jade, you're like, oh, yeah, Jake versus Bianca. It's like, why not have them team up first, mm. build them up, then tease the breakup and then break them up and then have the match between them. I love Cargill squashing Charlotte in the first encounter of a series of matches. See, you're hooked on it. That's what people are hoping for because it's yeah. like it'll be something different and it'll humanize Charlotte as well because mm. John Cena got humanized 100%. Yeah, yeah. Even if people were like, uh, this is the Brian Danielson booking that never happened, that yeah. Cena took it, oh like, yeah, I'll do that. Because <laughs> he was initially meant to beat Daniel yeah. Bryan getting squashed by Lesnar, but you know, Daniel Bryan's neck injury, you know, he took time off and then John Cena became champion. They're like, John, you're going to do that booking? Yeah, sure, I'll put Lesnar over. You know, the, a fix-up for from Wabner Backlash when I beat him hmm. after two moves.
1: Yeah. Well, after that, we had the Triple H segment where he announced the the sort of overhaul. Uh, Kevin Owens, of course, moved across. Um, How did you feel about that? Well, it's a, I, he described it himself as bittersweet because I love Kevin Owens. You know, mm-hmm. He's one of those people... I've been following since his ROH days, and you know no, nothing's been as good at I've I've seen crazy tweener Kevin Steen, and that's the best. And then you've got Prize Fighter in NXT is pretty damn close to that. Mm-hmm. And then in his main roster run, he's just it feels like we're building to something like that, building, building, building. Oh no, no, actually, re gimmick. And I, I'm really hopeful that now Triple H's in control fully he's been moved across we could get that proper kevin owens maybe a heel kevin owens hasn't been a heel for a while Mm, i feel um, but then it's also sad that i feel like him and sammy never got that actual tag team run it it felt like they were only they only got a tag title win which was one of the best wrestling moments
2: in in my memory yeah
1: but uh the follow-up wasn't as
2: good, the follow up was was weird because they went through a phase on Monday Night Raw where they had the best tag team matches on Raw mm. every single week, and then they stopped no it stopped doing it. story. It, yeah, it was just matches a random match against yeah. Imperium members, random matches against you know, let's whatever. get a Matt
1: Ridley, in yeah, and let's get a um, yeah, random person. So to join
2: us. I understand because I too was looking forward to you know, Stenerico having a mm. main roster tag run, which never came to fruition. At the same time, I started uh, tweeting saying that, hmm, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's WrestleMania journey looks very, very uncertain and murky. What's stopping from a Kevin Owens heel turn on Sami mm. Zayn? I kept, I kept saying, I was making a joke that this whole entire Kevin Owens swallowing his... so The rage. Yeah. The rage. So Because someone did a, a great thread on, on Twitter saying that Kevin Owens has anger issues. So he enjoys like, hurting people. Mm. Every time when he comes out, he does this thing where he takes a deep breath. That's him holding his rage in. Mm. And every time when he turns heel, he actually... Excels. That's like like a cigarette moment, it's kind of like, the hit. Uh, so he's got rage issues, which they made jokes about mm-hmm. on Raw. Yeah. You know, Sammy goes, "You got rage issues, you know." And then Sammy kept putting himself in a naive situation, which is annoying Kevin. But Kevin goes, "I love this guy, so I'm gonna center myself." So after the whole Jay situation, the Cody, the tag titles, I feel like this is all leading to Kevin always gonna blow up and mm. just turn on Sammy because I can see it in their mind saying, "We've never wrestled a WrestleMania against each other." You know, that's like yeah. another thing as well. With main event and WrestleMania as a tag team. Let's face each other at WrestleMania against each other, even though it'd be like the ten thousandth heel turn. Mm. But it's like WrestleMania will justify <laughs> it happening because you know they'll go, you know, you know, scrotum to the wall, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get penalized, especially next to this guy. Um, it, um so... so scrotum was the word. Is that bad? You went for. Yeah. Scrotum over balls was what you were going to say, I right? don't know what... The, what. Listen, one day you have to sit me down and tell me, these are the list of words you can't say and they'll get us penalised okay. and I'll know. Okay. Yeah, so I went Scrotum because I thought that's, that's, that's a scientific term. You go to the doctors and they say Scrotum. They wouldn't say the B-A-L-L-S. No. Like, like I was saying, Kevin Owens. I assumed it would be Kevin Owens with Sami Zayn at WrestleMania, but now I don't know because Kevin Owens has been the victim of three things. Goldberg. Kofi Mania, mm. Roman Reigns title run. Is it so bad that this guy's not back with SmackDown? He's like, man, this guy's still champion. I've feuded him with the last two, three years and he's still champion. That's because Roman's still champion. He's still an ongoing thing. Kevin Owens could be champion. He had more of a chance on Raw because, you know, Seth Rollins mm-hmm. and probably Gunter might win it. But now that he's back on SmackDown, you've got like LA Knight in a way, you've got Cody Rhodes in a way. So like you're saying, he's a victim of circumstances. It's just like every time he gets the ball rolling, something gets in the way. Some guy, you know, trajectory goes higher than mm-hmm. him or whatever. He's just a, yeah, a victim of circumstances. It's not due to his own, it's not no fault of his, it's just booking.
1: Hmm. Well, exciting though, but also sad. Uh, the uh, we got a Dragon Lee promo. Of course, he's been on SmackDown recently and moved officially to the SmackDown roster. Yeah, so it's all it's all official. It's a call up. Uh, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven were talking to Wilders. That's when the Charlotte thing happened. Uh, we got a, a, just a pretty standard tag match for Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes. They they beat Austin Theory and Grayson
2: Waller Waller Walla. Uh <laughs> Decent match. A town done under. Yeah. I like the team name. That's good. They, they're like the modern day Miz and Morrison. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Because I, I was saying to T- uh, Tempest a few weeks ago that um, Austin Theory has done everything you can do as a heel. He's been a heel champion a couple of times. Uh, there's been people, again, I want to go back on Twitter because I I'm one I'm on that place a lot. Some people are saying, oh, I can't wait for Austin Theory to become a babyface just like John Cena's hero. And I was like, oh, they're going to turn him babyface. Mm. But that's the best way to do it by having Grayson Waller turn on him. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm assuming. I love saying everything to WrestleMania because, like you're saying, it's WrestleMania season. You look at the wrestlers. So, either, either two things: A Time Down Under will be in a fatal four-way tag match, or it will be Grayson Waters' mm-hmm. Austin Theory. And uh, the, another thing, the other thing I was, I was also predicting is Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar for the US title at WrestleMania. Yeah. Okay. You,
1: Santos Escobar as a heel?
2: 110% yeah. as much as I, I, I like Santos Escobar as a baby face but I, I like the way he was a baby face in uh, NXT mm. when he was feuding with uh, Tony D'Angelo uh, he, he was very earnest he's very earnest now but the way he's earn- as an earnest baby face they made him kind of a schmuck mm. he lost the suits being on the boat he had a cool factor which now they're pretending like is just like working class <laughs> Yeah. I hate when they be- Betray a wrestler's character When they turn him babyface kind of like No you, you 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 kidnap people in <laughs> vans You guys kidnap people Why are you not Kidnapping people now yeah. You you sit on yachts And you have this negotiation You're The, 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 Lucha, the Emperor of Lucha Libre So I, I hate the fact That he's lost himself mm. In this It's meant to It's meant to lead To a feud of rage It's meant to be like You're meant to be my new son You've not betrayed me And it's meant to make him A bigger heel Because when he came To the main roster uh, Not a lot of people Watch NXT So they didn't know Who he was First impressions Blah 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 but by giving giving him the Rey Mysterio rub and hooking people into the storyline when he turns on him is even more Hmm. you know conflicting and even more betraying
1: well the coolest thing about this match was the post match because it fed into the following match which was the main event LA Knight Solo Sokoa Jey Uso Cody Rhodes victorious they're walking up the ramp to exit and then Solo Sokoa with Jimmy Uso come down And then you get this really cool stare-down moment on the ramp Mm -hmm. of these two teams, Jimmy and Jay, Solo and Cody, Solo and Jimmy. It was just like, and the tag titles in the mix of all of this. I was like, my God, that's a context-heavy little feud there. And before you know it, then Roman Reigns enters with Paul Heyman and he steps in front of them. To in Cody Rhodes face, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, there's a bigger one. And then Nick Aldis appears, and this is just this is my favorite thing on the whole episode. Nick Aldis just stood between them, not looking at them, but just like one hand between them, and that is like that is what they do in the in the boxing or MMA weigh-ins. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the previous way that an Adam Pearce or enter you know, all the producers of WWE. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. You know, they'll be all mm-hmm. over it. They'll be looking at them. But Aldis just brought this legitimacy to it that I really, really appreciated. And, you know, if you asked me a couple of months ago, you were excited for Roman versus Cody 2 at WrestleMania? I'd be like, nah, nah. I, you know, I'm cure. I mean, I, I want to see it, but almost so we can just get it out the way. This one moment, this one stare down has totally reignited me, wa- actually wanting to see the story that
2: leads to the match. You know why? Because they haven't wasted it. This is the first time they've looked at each other since mm. I think Raw when Cody said you've earned it, even though he cheated to beat him. Right. So they haven't overexposed them being in the same mm. building or looking at each other. So this is their like the first crumb to say, "Hey, the story's gonna be finished." Because on Raw, Michael Cole kind of buried. <laughs> Cody Rhodes saying, hey, yeah. this is your story. <laughs> That's the story you came back for. And it's good. He That's needed just the tag titles, mate. He needed <laughs> to kick up the pants. Yeah. It's, it's funny they use Michael Cole as a guy to because you know, you know, you know what happened? Uh, they couldn't get Arn Anderson and to do the Glock promo <laughs> so it's like we need a, a a PG version of the Glock promo yeah. get Michael Cole because he's good at burying people when you, when you want him to <laughs> so Michael Cole's the one to give him the kick up the pants like hey this seems like a hollow victory a, a second place are you happy being second place and it gave Cody that thinking and people thinking as well by the way that um, Cody's playing chess so because he orchestrated Jay Uso's uh, switch over to mm. Raw they think Cody Rhodes is behind Kevin Owens gets. Smackdown to co- cause some uh, grief for the bloodline while he gets ready to you know make his next mm. step because the tag titles nice. gives him a passport to come to SmackDown. Yeah. So in his mind, it's like, yeah, you're laughing at me for having the tag titles, but look at mm. me now. I'm defending- that is that
1: is a great strategy. Yeah. I
2: picked up on that. Yeah,
1: that's, it's nice when you, you look at a baby face and you go, that's smart. You're a smart babyface. Because that's in WWE, that's really only reserved for heels. Mm. Uh yeah very good stuff and that fed into the main event which was LA Knight uh, beating Solo Sokoa. Uh they LA Knight just worked a John Cena match. Why not? Which is fine because you
2: know I I love LA Knight but in the ring he's sort of No don't say that. Listen, how many people can stand do a, a flying leap to the top rope and do suplex, and how many people can do a springboard uh, splash? He can do very athletic things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I hear people say, oh, he's great on the microphone, but he's, a, he's not great in the ring. I was like, what 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 mustard do you have in your eyes when you're watching his match? He's a decent in-ring performer. He's not at the level of the wrestling we watch today, because the wrestling we watch today is like the pacing has quickened. Mm. But he's like, he's got a great base. He's got an old-school approach to wrestling, which we don't see anymore. He's <laughs> He's very much a two thousand style wrestler, which used to be fine. He's like a what, what Randy Orton is. Because look, you get a lot of people on social media saying Randy Orton's a boring wrestler. But I'm like, for a lot of old school wrestlers, they see Randy Orton as like mm. the pinnacle of of selling and, you know, uh, facial expression. And, you know, because they don't sell enough. I think LA Knight is a decent ring performer. I just hate when people say, he was a great promo, but I'm like, but how many guys can do some of the cool things he can do.
1: I know what you mean. Yeah, definitely athleticism and anyone who gets in a wrestling ring has a lot of that. But it's more that, like Baron Corbin, for instance, Mm -hmm. is someone, I also think he's very good on the mic, who has a move set that I love, but I can't deny I'm not actually interested in these matches because there is is some sort of thing that's missing there to take it to the, the very next level. Whereas Rock, you know, not... Not the best in ring wrestler ever, but you're hurting my heart again. <laughs> but like he has that whatever that is that makes me invested in every single move and bit of pacing. And if you're going to replicate a John Cena style, which is a style I personally hate, <laughs> um, I you know this this is the in ring portion of La Night is not for me.
2: This is I'm going to counter argue the hmm. the rock part. 2000, 2001, The Rock was incredible in the ring. Yeah, he liked the... When he leaned down, you know, when he leaned band down, band, short so. in his hair, yeah. he matches with Rob Van Dam, matches with Rhino, Kurt Angle. 2002, he was also on a good run as well. Rock is underrated in the ring. That's all I got to say about that. In terms of LA Knight, LA Knight, I, I see more as a base. I think if you give him a a he, I think he just works with what wrestler is working with. It's, it's a TV match? It's like him and Solo are not going to do a strong style kind of clubbering match. I guess the, he got told it. You know, it's it's a TV match. Do some key moves and go home. Mm. So he's going to do key moves and go home. I feel like If given the opportunity, he can prove himself. But he's he's one of those wrestlers where he doesn't have to do that. It's not part of his character. His character is not best wrestler in the world. His character is uh, loud mouth and you have got some cool moves, Baron Cor- same thing. He's more of a base for more talented wrestlers. That's why my favourite Baron Corbin matches are with Chad Gable, hmm. the King of the Ring final match. Oh, yeah, yeah match. they yeah. were really good. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's more of a base. He's, yeah. he's just a big guy, does big moves. So if you put him with another big guy, for example, Gunter, he can do a Gunter-style match because Gunter will take him there. I think he's more of a base, a wrestler where you mould him to whatever wrestler he's facing.
1: Well, it'd be interesting to see him versus Roman Reigns because for me, that is probably the... The, I mean, who 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 have Knight's big matches been with? Obviously, there was Bray, but that was just... <laughs> you can't win in that scenario, really.
2: Everyone's favorite wrestler, The Miz.
1: Yeah, there was The Miz match. I wasn't into that. I thought it was, you know, very subpar. Uh, but Roman, Roman consistently has. I mean, and I love the Roman template main event match. It, has even been, though,
2: it hasn't been working lately, because I think the J Uso match kind of rubbed people off the wrong way. Yeah,
1: the, 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 but that was the last one. Exactly. So I'd be really interested to see how
2: LA Knights. Ring work
1: is amplified by Roman.
2: See now, now see, I said all of that. Now I'm kind of worried. Now, uh, <laughs> now I'm kind of worried because because Roman Roman's deliberate pace match works when he's facing a wrestler that does the dynamic stuff. Because Roman is a heel, he hides his move set. Because again, going back on Twitter, a lot of people remind us the big dog Roman Reigns had a lot more move set which mm. he does than he than he does now. Because <laughs> he does the whole walking promo, slow lethargic kind of stuff. It works when you got a wrestler that's gonna on public energy and I'm hoping that LA Knight can be that guy but he's not like for example I'm saying this it's not like a Logan Paul situation where Logan Paul's going to fly around the ring to offset that yeah. kind of slow pacing That's match That's a good comparison Yeah because yeah, that is who people want in the ring of Roman you want that kind of exciting style and I feel like Roman and LA Knight could clash because they both kind of got a style mm. that might come across clunky or because I feel like no one has the attention span for slow burn matches anymore it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a those those long-winded vibe films where it's like so much mood setting, hmm. less dialogue, or there's a lot, there's a lot more dialogue, but not enough action going on. So I'm a bit worried, and it's also going to be in Saudi Arabia as well. A lot of people going to be, I don't know, I don't know the match, I don't know, I don't know. The more I'm the one thinking about it, the, the, <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm defending LA Knight, but I'm like, yeah, put LA Knight with, with any other guy that's not going to do a long-winded promo in the ring, then yeah, but I don't know. We'll but see, we'll, we'll see. see, yeah. Um, But overall,
1: LA Knight won this match. Yeah, Uh, He was about, yeah, he was, uh, what happened? Jimmy Uso, that's it. Jimmy Uso ran in, was going to attack LA Knight, but John Cena appeared from out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe he was always there. And he just flicked off the invisibility cloak and he intercepts Jimmy, hoists him up onto his shoulders, hits the AA and that let Knight beat Solo. And then uh, Knight is celebrating, turns round, right into a spear, and I love this from Roman, he's, you know, he's just walking around for ages, soaks in the heat, and he just very slowly does the LA Knight point and then points up for the acknowledgement Uh really good, really really effective season premiere you introduced a few new characters, you got you overhauled the sort of authority figure system with Aldis, and LA Knight Roman mm-hmm uh, the tag title picture,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a future feud of Roman Cody and Jade and Charlotte. Well done. I mean, so many of those are Roman Reigns involved. So if yeah. you take out Reigns, you know, what have you really got? But very, very effective uh pro wrestling show.
2: I just wanted to add before people forget Solosikov doesn't lose often so I feel like is, mm. is this the second time he has lost yeah, a singles point. match because I know he lost Cody to end his undefeated streak that he had on the main roster so I think Alien Knight might be the second person to pin him in a singles match I mean, someone has to correct yeah. me on that. Well yeah I'm sure Knight will use that Yeah, as part of the build. Yeah
1: well, overall, I gave it eighty-five percent in my review. What would you give it out
2: of five? I give it three out of five, man. Three out of five. Yeah, oh, man. What's harsh? I gave it a. Oh, it's not, it's, I liked it way more. The the moments were great. I I don't want to. If there was no great wrestling match on this show, I'm gonna do the thing I always do. There wasn't enough women segment. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there wasn't enough women's segment, and there wasn't enough matches. I just felt like the moments is what carried the show. Like you said it yourself. You, like on the other on the other show, the other company, they do a lot of great wrestling. In mm. WWEs, so like, the moments power, we make movies. They make movies. They create moments. They put in video packages. So they did a great build towards Crown Jewel and potentially Survivor Series. And I'm so happy there wasn't an appearance of Judgment Day because I'm over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm over. I'm over the group. It's like they on the. It's like the Bloodline template doesn't work for every group. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thank you very much for joining us here for t- today. If you enjoyed me and Sat, go over to Parts of Unknown right now because we are competing in fantasy booking warfare our series has returned over there. Uh, yes.
2: called a final match. Oh, I'm wearing a wig. In, in, Just to let you know, in, in that match, I'm, I'm wearing a wig. So, you know, I've got no hair at the moment. in there you'd be like, he's got hair in it. It's a wig. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because we, we recorded it literally. Today,
2: yeah, just we? today. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: definitely. Yeah. Uh, but for now, yeah, please subscribe. Go check out the WrestleTalk News channel as well. I've been Oli Davis. This has been Sat E Day. Jam that